So what's up guys? Welcome. So for this tape, we're going to discuss the relationship between identity, personality, why knowing yourself matters, why it doesn't. But we're here in my bomber plane. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a um, interesting, I think, tape because you can hear a lot of, unfortunately, um, a lot of ambient ASMR sound from my car, uh, my SUV has a lot of camping gear inside it. And also to these roads, man, they will test your suspension. New York has the worst roads because of the salting for the snow. So yeah, my car does not do well on these roads. Road work ahead? Uh, yeah, I sure hope it does. But if you like the ASMR, you're welcome. If you don't, I'm sorry. So we're here talking about personality typology and yeah, something that I love talking about, something dear to my heart, to be quite honest. Um, and I think most people do not like this topic. I've always heard this, when, when my friends or strangers I meet for the first time, they always say normally, um, one, you can never know yourself, or how can you know me? Or two, don't put me in a box. And I get it because I think we all have experiences where we were put in boxes and really we were, we were really put in trash cans honestly people put us in things about it that wasn't nice you know using mean words and labels and I remember when I was in I think it was middle school um yeah I was the, I was the kid who never roasted but I was for sure laughing at the roast and there's always a moment when the shy kid who's laughing at the roast is like laughing a little bit too hard or a little bit too much energy. He gets roasted back. And yeah, this one kid, he's like saying something. He was super short. So I never thought he was a threat, but he unlocked something in me that I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he said, man, why are you laughing so much? Shut up with your big nose, elephant looking big head self. And he used to profanity you there. But, you know, I held my best face and I acted like I was not deterred by this. Um, and yeah, I went home and I was, uh, I was like, whoa, my nose is big. Once there was an ugly barnacle. And so that happens, that can happen because people, unfortunately, they will not perceive your difference as a variation of human, but they'll see that something weird and strange and ugly or disgusting, right? So I think because of that, and we have a bias to remembering things that are negative versus positive, we will remember and recall those things. So I I, I understand why some are against the, these like um, these topics, but I will say one thing. Knowing the accuracy of psychology and personality topology, I think will honestly change your life. And the way you see yourself, the way you see others, the way you speak to others and to yourself, it really gives you, I, I think, really compassion. It really does. So, and also too, you can't help it. <laughs> like, you can't help it. Uh, we are built to categorize and judge and analyze and discriminate. Um, 
because we we have a a, a subjective experience. We're just conscious beings. And so because we are conscious and we are subjective, which just simply means we exist in the mind. Our minds don't exist. We our minds don't exist outside the body. I said empty your mind. We're not floating around in some kind of weird dimensional reality, right? They're in our they're in our body. So we take in information and we judge it. Some are bad. Some people judge with harsh eyes. Some don't. And we also are built to to pattern recognize things, to categorize things, right? Values, likes and dislikes, good or bad, um, benefits, pros and cons, because we're always making decisions on things. Um, and so, because of that, we have to do this process. But, but I think whenever we have um, a knowledge, but you know what I like a lot more than materialistic things, knowledge of ourselves and these words. I think we're able to um, do it a lot more accurately and better. So, for example, whenever um, we learned about ADHD, there was a time when we didn't have any knowledge of that. So. Um, the way we perceive those kids, it, it was like, oh, those kids, you know, whooping. Those kids, you know, sit down. Those kids, you know, grow up, you know, shut up, right? Like, we, there was a lot of, like, negative um, activity to these, to these kids. And I'm not, I'm not ADHD, so I didn't have a problem with that. But I saw these kids, right? Like, they were booping and bopping in the classroom, and the teacher would just, you know, tell them off. So... Once we learn about uh, that ADHD was an actual diagnosis, it was the actual way people's brains showed up, we accommodated them, right? Like, imagine if we learned in the 90s or earlier, we would have had, like, fidget spinners, beef, like, we would have had fidget spinners for them earlier instead of the 2000s. And knowledge of how people show up like that was, was also, it helped us to not perceive them in a bad light. So, knowledge. knowledge of psychology is going to help us behave better to each other. Because putting things in a category helps us make decisions, and making decisions requires discrimination and to judge things, which when we're ignorant of psychology or um, personality, we end up making bad decisions and bad behavior for example people can view my skin color as oh too dark or nasty or weird right and people have because they didn't consider my me as a variation of human but as i said like something strange and not pretty or handsome so knowledge of psychology or personality helps us to perceive people in a positive light in a more accurate light and also to accommodate them and have behavior toward them that's, that's um, um, beneficial. So, practically speaking, I think it's how it can help. But to the main meat of what I want to discuss, I think personality typology can help you with knowing who you are as a person. Who's that Pokemon? Because. When you're working with your emotions, right, for example, and you have a limited vocabulary, sad, happy, mad, 
you miss out on naming all the nuanced experiences of you and other people. For example, have you ever heard of the, the feeling or emotion called a hanker sore? A hanker sore is defined as the emotion of where you're next to someone that you so deeply love, you want to bite into their arm. Which sounds vicious and violent, but it's that feeling of like, similar to whenever you see a puppy and you want to squeeze it. It's like this, it's like this tendency of like having uh, violence mixed with deep affection. So, a nuance of emotional vocabulary, we know quite easily how it helps in that way, right? But how does personality typology help us when it comes to us identifying who we are as a person and how we tell people who we are? Um, the best way I could put it is a map. So map, or maybe not map makers, obviously, but these maps helps us to navigate the world, like literally. Like we use GPS to get to different places that we want to go. It also helps us to discover new places we want to go, right? Likewise, psychology is a map of us. Now, for those who don't who don't want to be put in a box, rightly so, psychology, a map, isn't the full story of who we are. A map is not a one-to-one ratio of the world. It's just not. It's an interpretation of it. It's a uh, it's a, it's an a, uh, approximation. Same with uh, psychology. So these maps, though, can help us understand the nuances of us, too. So there are many locations, so to speak, on this map of psychology, right? You have neuro, you have neurochemistry. Um, you have you have your genetics. You have your you have situational theory. You have behavioral theory. Um, you have uh, hormone, like like hormones that influence you, um, like diet can influence. Like there are so many things to look into when it comes to personality personality psychology. But the one thing I think, one location that I think is useful to talk about that's helped me personally, and we can wrap this up because I do want to keep it short, is talk about introversion and extroversion. So, as an introvert, what were the words I were I was called younger when I was younger? Oh, he's too shy, reserved, he's submissive, he's weak. Um, speak up, boy. You know, um, uh, make a decision right now. You know, like a lot of extroverted behavior I don't identify with and not my process. And normally extroverted behavior is seen as more uh, pleasing and more um, like normal. It's, no, it's, more, it's, more, it's normalized more. So introverts, we had a feeling of feeling left out. But I think with uh, Carl Jung and a lot of psychologists bringing introversion and extroversion to the table, we have now learned about you know this process, right? Like introverts, take for example, like Van Gogh or you know Daniel Caesar. Um, there's, there's a lot of introverted artists out there, right? That we can talk about. But I started to trade out those negative words that I had in myself with more positive words because I realized that introversion is a valid way to be. Introversion and extroversion, all it means is the way you won. You are, you are stimulated, you know? You have a stimulation threshold. Um, and for me, when it comes to managing uh, different 
social groups, I am bad at that. And I get overwhelmed when too many people are asking me, asking of me directly or indirectly to um, do things with them or for them when it comes to maintenance of a friendship. So my fix for that was just to limit my friendships. On the opposite end, if you're an extrovert, specifically who likes people groups, you may find that you are thriving in a group. You are thriving at a party, at a gathering, in a group chat. But when you're alone and no one's there to hang out with you, you may find yourself feeling overwhelmed. And that's because you are always looking to be with a tribe. I am always looking to be alone, you know? And so there are many ways to talk about introversion, extrovert, there's many kinds of it. Some people extrovert with their emotions. Some people extrovert with their ideas. Some are introverted um, in the same fashion, vice versa. Some find stimulation when it comes to creativity and innovation. Some find stimulation when it comes to um, like proximity and physical touch. Others like uh, intense sports. Some find stimulation by listening or reading a book. Like, of course, there's many ways to talk about these things, right? So for me, knowing that I'm an introvert and granted, disclaimer, I forgot to say, but like, yeah, like we are all introvert and extrovert. Um, like this new word, ambivert has come out, but really I think we, we take those words too literally. Like we, we all have an introvert and extrovert way to be. That you can't be only introvert, you can't be only extrovert. Because you have to make decisions and you have to take it information, right? Like it is how you have you have to be a person. And and to be a person, you have to extrovert, you have to introvert. It's just you can't you can't never introspect and not ask yourself questions. And then you can't you can't you can't never make decisions. Or you can Or have no friends. So um, where's it going with that? I forgot what's going with that. Yeah, so now I have a, a more compassionate way to look at myself, which is as an introvert, I know that I have skills of observation, uh, skills of looking for things for detail, a skill of looking at the nuance of certain things. Because as an introvert, I'm able to slow down and really pay attention to certain nuances of like behaviors and patterns. Um, so now I have a way better way a, a way, a way more pleasing way to look at myself and other people. So when I meet an extroverted person and they're very talkative and they have to tell me all these stories and they're in their way, not to showboat, I would say, but like they're showboating themselves and like being loud and crazy. In my opinion, I feel that way, right? But I'm like, okay, but how can I be more? Okay, but in reality, what's going on? Reality, their brain is wired to find stimulation and being very animated and loud, they find stimulation in telling you stories, reading your facial expressions, and seeing how you react. So that's, that's how they're built, naturally. They probably grew up in a household and culture that celebrated loud talking and expressiveness. You know, maybe his mom or her mom was someone who um, made, like was loud too. Like, you know, it's one behavior. So psychology helps us to understand and to be more empathetic of people and to use nicer words for us. So, to finish this off, because I think it's a long rambling take, um, which we'll get into a lot more in late, like in detail 
player in the tapes and podcasts. But I would say, if you're someone who's very interested and you want to give it a try to learn about these things, I will list some assessments because they're not tests. They're personality assessments um, for you. I'm most I'm most familiar with MBTI um, and Enneagram, and also um, the Big Five. But I think a good place to probably start for you guys is MBTI, which we didn't even talk about that. That's like a long tape. But you can find that on like YouTube and everywhere on Google. But if you're someone who's interested in learning about MBTI, I will put an assessment for you to look at. And if you're someone who's interested in like knowing your MBTI type, I'm not a MBTI assessment practitioner. I have nothing to do with that, but I could maybe, I could probably help that area somewhat. So just send like a voice message in Spotify. Um, and I'm totally cool with like answering that and or at least pointing you to a, a certain resource that could be helpful, helpful to you. And the last thing I would say is the takeaway that you can't, the last takeaway you can have with this is if there's someone who you meet in the line at Starbucks or the grocery store or someone you know the family member, maybe you can ask yourself, why are they like, why are they showing up like this? I hate the way they show up. But why are they acting like this? Like, why do they find this way enjoyable? They're not being douchebags. Why they find this? Why they find this way to be the proper way to be a human? I think that I think that asking that question may help us give people a lot more understanding and empathy and compassion. But questions like that, I think, really help us to have a lot more celebration and curiosity, and not only others, but I think also ourselves. Anyway, guys. Hope you like the take. Um, we'll discuss more of this later. Take care. Love you. Bye. I do not know who I am, yet I desperately want self-definition. I am trying to get us to abandon that terminology. I am saying something inconsistent. I am a non-immigrant. I am who I say I am. I am an employer. I am not there. I do not sleep. I am energized by students, encouraged by staff, and inspired by colleagues. I am speaking to a microphone, broadcasting my despair, but I hear no response. I am sorry I was not here to hear your whole testimony. I am listening now. I am not sophisticated, but simple, concentrated and friendly. I am not well trained, in smile, but always curious and want to help others. I am a little bit afraid that it might sound nosy to you. I am a fan of art, especially interested in the Renaissance period, and I find myself making drawings, water and oil paintings. 
I'm never afraid of facing challenges and difficulties. I am the person that I am because of my birth culture. I like who I am. I am a star. I am not a lawyer and do not give legal advice. I am a student. I am frustrated by the violence in the Middle East and so are a lot of people who live in the Middle East. I am not likely to be impressed by the same thing over and over again. I am not a visual designer. I am an acting just like a man. I am not sick. I don't need help. I am sorry for every time I made you cry. I am a visitor.